Ruben, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are here today with a sim motorsport. Let me only ask you, can you define the sim racing on your own words? Sim racing, I mean, if you break it down in the simplest form, it's simulating racing. And, you know, you can come in at all different levels. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, obviously, some people are going to say certain games are sims and some aren't. And I think I've got quite a broad um, understanding of it. I'd say I started my sim racing journey when I was about five years old, okay. literally on Forza Motorsport 3 um, on the Xbox 360. Yeah. And although many would argue that Forza is not a sim, it's more of a simcade, that's where you know I learned basically the, the basics of racing. So that was, yeah, when I was five years old, my dad got me an Xbox and, you know, we saved up for it and I just wanted an Xbox for ages. But it wouldn't let me have one until I was five. And then, you know, I finally got it. And I remember the first day I got it, I was on the Nürburgring and I was just doing laps after laps after laps. And, you know, I loved every second of it. And this was just on the controller. Controller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have a wheel at that point. But that's where it started. And um, I remember I was playing days and days, whatever. I was at school and my other friends had Xboxes as well. But obviously they weren't really into racing the same way I was. They were into football and all different games. And I remember wanting to just play FIFA with my friends, football game. Yeah. And I was saying to my dad, can I go FIFA to play some different games as well? And he was saying, no, you only do racing games on the <laughs> Xbox. Because he bought it for me as a tool uh, for, for training and purely training. And I thought it was a bit harsh at the time because, you know, I just wanted to play with my friends. But uh, from age five, that, that discipline of using you know, sims and consoles as a tool, I suppose, was instilled in me from quite a young age. And then from there, I progressed on. We got a, a steering wheel for it as well. Mm. And then from there, I took it to another level. That's where you learn car control, really basic things. But, you know, without that, you, you're not going to learn it because at this point, I was karting. And as you can imagine, karting is quite expensive. Yeah, exactly. So this was the most cost-effective cost way of actually, you know, owning my skills so we've got literally a cheap xbox steering wheel and um it's the ones that you put on your lap yeah because it's like sim rigs weren't really a thing for for content no because i have the, the same thing so you want but yes you put on the legs that's it the legs yeah. with a shape you can hold it with your legs and after you sometimes you drive it like a truck driver yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that so you know there were sim rigs available but the cost of it back then was so high it was like we could buy a sim rig, but we didn't have the money to do that really. So we just moved into our house at that point. My mum bought some nice furniture. She got some tables, chairs, ornaments, whatever. And um, one day she was out with her friends for lunch, just me and my dad at home. And uh, we saw this coffee table, nice acrylic, brand new coffee table. And we got a bit of um, literally plywood, plywood board to put underneath it, we mounted the pedals to the board. Okay. Duct taped all of the table and put the wheel on top of the table. And that was basically yes, my version right. of a sim rig. Yeah, that's perfect. So you can imagine my mum wasn't very happy. <laughs> but that gave me a sim rig and you know a platform to actually yeah. start learning. So although some would just say it's a, a wheel on a table, that was my sim rig, that was my sim racing. And then from there, you know, I was I was able to progress and get Logitech and some bigger wheels where you feel more force feedback and you can, you know clutch and stuff like that okay. then you learn new techniques and i said the level i'm at now in terms of my sim is quite on the higher end of it but i think that is the great thing about sim racing you don't have to go in with a five thousand pound simulator you can start with literally 
few hundred pounds, which of course is still money, but if you're talking about racing, yeah. a few hundred pounds is not yeah. a Yeah, I'm an amateur. I'm yeah. Two person, I think the most important tool has to be the pedals. I think yeah. lots of pedals is where you can all uh, standing, but in terms of wheels, you don't need to go for the 26 newtons. That's right. It's <laughs> no point. So yeah. It's more just a, oh, something to get proud of. of something that you need. Yeah. Uh, I mean, percent. I've got a semi cube that I use at the moment and it's 21 newton meters, which is great, but I only run it on half power. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, I have to have something to replicate my car in the program in real life, which has got no power steering. Okay. So naturally, it's very heavy, but if you run it on full full speed work, you're going to you're gonna break your hand. Yeah, I think you do what? Five, five minutes of racing and yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. But let me ask you, why uh, motorsport? Was your idea or your father pushed you to motorsport? Completely my idea. Okay. So I've not come from a, a racing background, not yeah. in my family races. Okay. It was literally I was the first in my family to, you know, race. Okay. My dad started quite into cars. My dad had some nice cars before. Um, a few people in my family that into cars, but in terms of actually racing and karting. I'm the first to do that. And the reason of why, I'm still not really sure. It's just since as long as I can remember, I've always had something to do with a car, whether okay. it be when I was a toddler, I was always pushing a car around. Right, perfect. Um, but I've always had quite a, an engineering-based mind. I like knowing how things work. So anything with a motor and wheels, I just you were fascinated, yeah, yeah, from a young yeah. age. And actually, for one of my birthdays, my dad got me a, a bike, like a little pocket bike, so a tiny motorbike. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I actually, that was my first motor, I suppose, and started off just riding that around in a field and in the back garden, and I loved it. But then it got to a point of where I actually wanted to compete in something, and my mum didn't want me to ride bikes because it was too dangerous. My dad wasn't keen on the idea either, but if I wanted to do it, he would have let me. But in terms of racing at like five years old on a motorbike, there wasn't, you know, much, there weren't many races in that yeah. field. So we were looking at other options and then that's where we found karting okay. uh, back at Bumble Park. Started on the little electric go-karts, literally went five miles an hour, but that got me hooked. And ever since then it was like, this is what I want to do. And then I went into Bambinos, which are 50cc go-karts. And you look back on it now, they only do about 40 miles an hour, but for a five-year-old, so it's, it's a lot. It's like yeah. an F one car to a five year old. So yeah, I'd, since I since I was racing in those, I was just hooked from then, and then progressed up the ranks, um, won a few championships, and you know, it's, my parents believed in me because they saw the skills that I had from a young age. Yeah. They saw something in that, even if it was, you know, riding around the house in a little ride on car, I was going through full speed through door frames with like that much gap for each side. And my dad saw that and he was like, my space, my sense of awareness was higher than most three, four year olds. Okay. And he saw that and I've been very fortunate to have parents who have, you know, pushed me and encouraged me to focus on something that, you know, I'm good at and I enjoy doing. So I'm very fortunate to have that. But yeah, I think that's why I'm motorsport because yeah, for as long as I can remember, I've just loved cars. Yeah, it's just a little bit similar to me. I just remember it was... Sundays was Formula One yeah. in the TVs yeah. in Portugal. So we always, every time we have Sunday, uh, Sunday lunch, yeah. Formula One was on, on the back. So uh, after Portugal is a country for rallies. So yeah. rally was near my farm. So without realize the motorsport came 
uh, negative work on you. But sometimes we have to remember that motorsport is not only about talent, it's about sponsorship. So I'll go with your part of sponsorship, what you're doing now to get sponsorships and to push that part of the career. Well, that was actually a big eye-opener. Um, I say in the last two to three years, because well, when I started partying, I thought, win races and you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but I quickly realised that's not the case. Because, um, you know, I was winning races, I was winning championships, but no doors were opening. It was a case of, right, we've got, we've done this season, we've won the season. Next year, we're looking at budget again for next season and budget for that season. It's how long does it go on until, you know, you're in a car, you're being paid to drive. Yeah. Um, and it, it got to a point of where we didn't actually see a way out of karting. So I did have to stop for a few years when I was about 12 years old. I stopped for about three years because you can only go so far in karting. We didn't have the budget to do any national championships okay, or in like World Series, European stuff, which of course, if you win that, then that opens doors, but you've got to have the budget to do that. Yeah, I mean, kids, 12 years old, spending 10 grand a weekend. It's like, we couldn't compete with that. You didn't have the budget to do that. Um, but yeah, especially in the last few years when I've been, you know, doing some, been doing the documentary, I've realised how much of my time is actually spent off of the track, uh, talking to sponsors, you know, pushing myself on social media. And that's the main thing that I'm focusing on now, especially over the winter break, okay. doing as much social media stuff as I can um, and building my brand that way, because times have changed so much. I mean, social media is what companies look at now if they want to promote yeah. the product. They want numbers. They want numbers, exactly. And a sticker on a car only sells so much. Back in the 80s, 90s, that was fine. But now where social media is so prevalent, it's it's imperative that you have, you know, a big following or it doesn't have to be big, but a good following. And, you know, something that people want to invest in off of the track because I'm only on the track six times a year, yeah. eight times if I'm lucky. So the other 320 odd days of the year, it's spent off the track. And of course, sponsors are going to want to utilize that to, you know, push their products to the, the furthest, furthest extent that they can. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was a big eye opener, how much you have to do off of the track. Um, yeah, pushing your social media stuff. And uh, you feel that sim racing can help you push that sponsor? Or Definitely. It's difficult. Yeah, it opens up a new, uh, it opens up a new avenue because like I say, you're only racing for a few weekends. Yeah. Um, and I spend most of my time on the sim now as well. So I do about three hours a day on the sim. Okay. And that gives me, you know, content to also push on social media because there's only so much you can do from a race weekend. So in the times where I'm not racing, I'm doing content on the sim, showing my sim, um, you know, bits of me driving on the sim as well. So I'm using my training tool as a way to boost my social media as well. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, any advice that you can take it for your kids that want to jump from sim racing to real racing? I say, just do what you enjoy doing because yeah. there's no, uh, there's no rush. Obviously, you are against the time. You want to do things as young as possible, but it, having sim racing has made it more accessible, and there's not so much of a pressure of you have to be in carts from four years old. Because okay. I know a lot of drivers who have come into sim racing at you know 10, 12, 15 years old, and they're still going into cars, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, just do what you love doing. If you love sim racing, stick to sim racing. But 
Ask ninety, look, ask ten racers if they want to be in the car. Ninety nine percent are going to say yes. Yeah, everyone, of course. But do you think they they're going to be aware of how difficult it is going into racing? I don't think you can fully be aware of it until you're actually in the car, because obviously, if you go two hundred miles an hour into a wall on a stick, you just press reset. Yeah, exactly. But you can't exactly do that in real life. Um, but yeah, I say just hone your skills on the sim because you can translate so much of it into real life nowadays learn the basics of everything that you basically that you can learn and then apply that to certain cars obviously every car drives differently but because you can replicate it so well it's definitely the best tool that you can use to at least be ready if an opportunity comes up in a car you can say yeah i know how to drive this car yeah you, you talked something important because the uh, young model on the last uh, interview that we had with him he said that Gran Turismo uh, 5 or Gran Turismo 4 which mm -hmm. one when he was driving and after when he had to jump to the real cars, he was emulating the way that every car was doing it. So when he jumped to an Nissan or to a Audi, he already knew how the car would yeah. behave. And uh, that's quite something that you never realize that again, again with the 15 years old or yeah. years old, could do that one already so well. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But um, let me ask you, you were at the BBC, as already mentioned, in which way that helped you? So mainly from a publicity aspect, that's helped me. So it has brought some sponsors on board. So I had Asia Flux sponsor a race um, as part of the program, and that funded my my first race in the Prague. Okay. So that was that was a great help. It was 2022. Yeah, this was first. Yeah, the first race was end of yeah end of 22. Um, and then obviously did the season last year in 23. Um, but. I did think it would bring more sponsors. I thought it would be a case of everyone's going to want to sponsor me now, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, it wasn't the case. It definitely helped. Okay. Um, because I was, you know, my name was out there. People heard about me and they saw a bit of my story and could relate to certain things. Um, and it definitely helped from a, a media aspect because I used to hate talking on camera. I couldn't talk to a camera. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forget what I don't like. Yeah, uh, I get nervous. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I was I was nervous beforehand, and going into it, it was like this opportunity has come up. Okay. I can't shy away from it. I'm just yeah, gonna have to like... jump into the deep end and hope I swim. And you know, I've never had any media training, so that, that was kind of my media training, basically, just being on the BBC and um, learning how to how to talk in front of a camera, how to portray yourself. And it's definitely helped from that aspect, but from a financial aspect, not so much. Okay. But it's given me a, a skill base that I can then use and a platform that I can then use to, to turn it into a sponsor. Exactly. Yeah. And then meeting your idol. Yeah. Always. Yeah, that was uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They say don't meet your heroes, but I was um, very happy to meet him. Um, so, yeah, when I met Lewis, we were just talking. It's like a normal conversation, really, just a half hour conversation. It didn't feel as if it's been my idol for you know all my life. It was, it was almost like a friend that I've yeah. known for ages. Um, but we didn't actually talk too much about racing itself. It was more so off the track stuff. You know, becoming a better person, helping people around you, um, talking about his challenges that he faced in racing, and being able to relate, which was really nice and refreshing. But that's great because I think that's where the, I think Louis uh, puts more his effort. Mm. Sometimes he's. Uh, achieve what you want to achieve but bring some more awareness for the the problems of society exactly i think yeah. i want to i want to ask you a question that is not on our thing 
you you have both nationalities or you just have the English nationality? No, so I'm I'm mixed, so I'm Grenadian and British. So my grandparents were originally from Trinidad and moved over to Grenada and then they moved here uh, from quite young. So my dad's side is the Grenadian side, my mum's the British side. Um, and yeah, it's something I'm quite proud of because, you know, it, it makes me me. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't define me, but it's, you know, my culture and obviously I'm very proud of my culture. Um, and yeah, it's had its challenges here and there in the in the past whilst racing, but I feel that it's made me become a better driver as well because you you overcome challenges from a young age which you're not entirely aware of but you you, you learn to grow and you, you grow around that yeah. and it makes you into a, I think a stronger person going through things from a from a younger age um but yeah I've never seen it as an obstacle it's it's good it has challenges here and there but challenges are there to be but you're driving under the English uh, flag uh, yeah driving under the British flag yeah okay and you have never thought to changing that for the Blackboard's album? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to, but obviously because I've lived here all my year, yeah. all, all my life, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I've got a British licence, British passport, um, then yeah, it makes sense to do it under the British. I just do that, that yeah, yeah. Other thing because I know some drivers like to, to change it for sponsor. Yeah, it's over. That's why I don't ask you much about it. But when you talk about challenges, there's something that I don't understand in motorsport. Mm. is everyone has a suit. Everyone have a helmet. Yeah. So depending on your uh, culture, uh, skin color, yeah. um, even if you are female or male, you are under a suit. Yeah. And uh, so on the track, not a bit matters. Exactly. Exactly. Not a bit and that's the beauty of of yeah, racing. Exactly. Yeah. We have now the Dakar that we have a, a female driver winning one of the most tough races Absolutely. in the world. Yeah. So we we need to stop with this uh, yeah. thing of uh, I think. Uh, as a society we need to evolve and see that we don't need it anymore yeah. this type of barriers because yeah everyone's putting their life on the same way exactly. inside of a car so you know if you point real quick that's, that's <laughs> exactly exactly i think we have to change that uh, yeah. that mentality i think so it's good and let's go back to to the cars yeah Praga, yeah last uh, last season almost you had one victory yeah so i was trying to yeah i had the the win at silverstone that was a massive, yeah, massive achievement for me because, yeah. you know, Silverstone, that's like the pinnacle of, of British racing. Yeah. To, be, to win there was, um, yeah, really special. Um, and, you know, the whole season was, it was a challenge for the whole season because my goal was just don't crash the car, basically. <laughs> you know, it's, um, we didn't really have the budget to crash it. That's it's, why I want to ask you, yeah. pressure to uh, all going to give you the budget. Yeah. You have to pay by yourself, no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was the goal, basically. Prove myself and obviously not take any stupid risks at the same time. And, you know, I was able to achieve that. So I finished the whole thing as vice champion, which I'm really happy with. Um, and for my, yeah, for my rookie year, I was against some great drivers as well. Um, but yeah, Silverstone, you know, it, we started off, it was wet at the start. And that was a big, big challenge because, you know, driving a car, which you don't want to crash yep. in the wet, <laughs> was like, um, yeah, very challenging. Uh, uh, yeah, very so. long. Luckily, there's a bit of runoff as well because a okay. lot of British tracks, I say British tracks, probably the hardest out of any country. If you look at European tracks, there's a lot of runoff generally. Yeah. So even if you do make a mistake, you're just running onto more concrete. If you make a mistake here, it's either grass or a barrier. Yes. But luckily, Silverstone has a bit of runoff. So, you, you know, you can get away with a few, th few things here and there. Um, but yeah, that was um, 
that put a lot of confidence in me because this whole year was about building confidence in the car and to know you know that I can hang with the top guys and girls in this country okay. it was um yeah really an eye-opener and you know helped me throughout the rest of the season and showed responsibility yeah, of course yeah it's not just all talk because going into it no one really knew what I could do in a car because obviously never been in a car like that it was a lot of talking it was a lot of hoping and wishful thinking but it was great to actually you know show people that have backed me and you know invested in me to show them that I can drive yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is with the Prager you have the Jimmy Blocker it's yeah. a big sim racer and I think you see him uh, winning races today I think it's opened the eyes for all people with sim racing they can be fast exactly yeah it's great to have someone with such presence in the sim racing community show the transition into cars because I mean watching on the screen will only show so much and I thought oh park is easy to drive but when I actually drove it myself it was a serious serious challenge because the first time I drove it I could only do 10 minutes in the car it was so physically demanding I wasn't fit enough to race it so I spent the rest of the winter literally training in the gym three days four days a week just to be able to endure a half an hour race and you get that on the sim with false feedback to an extent but the heat inside the cars is something that you can't replicate yeah um the g-forces as well i mean we're putting two two and a half g's around some of the quickest corners and that is that was very very strange Feel to get my head around yeah because i never experienced anything like that before it's literally like a roller coaster it's like you're on roads when you're going around them um so yeah it's, it's great to see someone come out of sim racing into real racing and be good as well yeah yeah so now what's the next step Brother. Next step, we've got a few options. Yeah. Um, looking to go down the GT or NMP route. Obviously, from a kid, I've always wanted to race in F1. That's every driver's dream. But you realise how realistic that is and how much it's going to cost. And, and how unfair. How unfair as well. I, I can say it. Yeah. Because we all, 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 if you saw the interview with Antonio Fonso Costa, when he's already having the seat ready, and suddenly because... The calendar changed to Russia. Yeah. They have to lose his seat to a Russian driver because it will be publicity player yeah. for Red Bull. So, you know, in one way, it's not to your talent only, it's yeah. what's going to come to the table. It is very much so a business and yeah. it's, you know, learning how to play that business. Um, I can see a career route in GT racing, in LMP racing, whether it be Le Mans, IMSA, anything like that, I'd love to do. Um, but yeah, for next season, well, for this season, I'm looking at a few different things, maybe some GT stuff, but hopefully some LMP3 stuff as well. British GT? Uh, GT Cup. GT Cup. Yeah, so you can still something with British GT, and hopefully the year after, if I, if I do do that, then into British GT. Um, but again, it all, costs down, it all comes down to money. If I could do Formula, I would, but realistically, yeah. it's, it's not an option. Uh, so yeah, if I can do something where I can see a career path and actually say, you know, I'll do this for a few years and this can be my full-time job and, you know, get to a point of where at the end of the day, I just want to love doing what I do. Okay. And I think if, if you don't love it, there's, there's no point. So how much is a package for you later on GTs? GT, uh, about 150,000 per season. Yeah. Okay. And that's without damages. So, I mean, it's and expensive. NLP3, about the same. Same? Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's a good deal. Um, 
But yeah, it's why we we are not the situation. We've got we've got a way to go. <laughs> got a way to go. I think the season starts in about two months. Okay. Um, and we're waiting to hear back from from some of our sponsors. You know, we're very lucky to have some great sponsors on board already. Uh, Toxic Waste. Toxic Waste. Yeah. yeah. We've got Redefined, Storm Watches, Speed Sense, um, Bottle Kings, and yeah, all all people coming in at different levels. So we obviously our main sponsor is Toxic Waste. Okay. And they helped me the most through last season. That's good. So yeah, hopefully we can do more great things again this season. Sim Motorsport, did they help yeah. you in some way? Yeah, so Sim Motorsport have been great. They've been really accommodating with time on the Sim. Yeah. Um, actually, a funny story about that. When I was at Brands Hatch racing, because it's quite local to Brands Hatch, yeah. we're literally what, half an hour away. I had my practice on the Saturday and I came down here on the Saturday evening after I finished practicing because I had the race on the Sunday and I wanted to get some extra tra track time in because the sim's great but until you're actually on the track itself you don't know how it you know corresponds to each other so you know talk something important you think is the FOV that is on the on the sims are completely different from what you see on real life I feel if you set it up correctly yeah it's fine okay um but if if the FOV is off it does feel very weird. weird yeah, I spent a lot of hours tinkering trying to find the, the sweet spot. Yeah, uh, I've got it now, and they've, they've got it here. Okay. Um, but yeah, like when I was practicing in the day on the track uh, at Brass Hatch, you could feel a bump on turn one, and I knew as soon as I hit the bump, I'm breaking. On the sim, you can't feel the bump. So you can feel it a little bit in the false feedback, but you don't know that it's a bump. Yeah. So when I was on the sim here, I was using references like that, and I actually... My time that I got here was to the thousandth of a second of what I got in my race in real life. And that was the lap record. So I hold the lap record at Brand Snatch now with the help of, you know, building the craft that I've got from the Saturday. On the, sorry, on the indie or on the... On the indie. On the indie, on the indie, on the indie yeah. yeah. And, you know, if it wasn't for that practice time in between, there's no extra test sessions you can do at the track. So that really, really helps. And I didn't realize the power of the sim until that happened because you can set fast laps on the sim but if you can't do it in real life then it's like you don't know exactly what yeah. you're training for but once you know what you're training for and you're able to practice that and then use it in a race it's like it's a no-brainer this is the yeah. best tool you can use it's perfect yeah let's not do a, a break and talk about how, how can we support you so if you can Give us our channels and everything in yeah. which ways that we can support you. For sure. So mainly Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, okay. all that Ruben Stanislaus. Yeah. So just my full name. Um and yeah, just trying to push as much content as I can. Varied content as well. Um and any way for sponsors uh, uh reach you normally from Instagram or email? Uh Instagram is probably the main place to do it. Okay. Email is rubencartin 18 at gmail.com. Okay. Uh LinkedIn as well, Ruben Stanislaus on LinkedIn. Uh, that's a great place for to meet you know business owners and found a lot of really conversation really interesting conversations come from there um i'm also looking to do some twitch streaming as well okay so i haven't started that yet but that's something i've got in the pipeline for this year because you know i spend a lot of time on the sim as it is yeah i think so. streaming is uh, it's one way to yeah to grow up so exactly focus on that yeah i think yeah and this is a way of showing you exactly i spend the time doing it anyway so i might as well stick a camera on it and you know yeah. get eyes to see it and uh, let's go to sponsors package mm. how it works 
uh, to sponsor you? Yeah, so sponsorship sort of starts from about £5,000. Okay. Um, I don't really believe in like a, a bronze, gold, silver package. Okay. I like to, you know, accommodate the, the sponsors themselves and their brands, what they need. Because um, it's all the same what I need, but okay. it's what I can do for, you know, sponsors. Uh, so Toxic Waste, we've yeah. had involved for last year and they've been amazing to work with. Uh, they were my biggest sponsor. And yeah, it's great to have them, you know, down at the races as well. We've had a, a VIP box that we've hired out to host them, their family, kids. Um, and it's great for them to come along to the race and, you know, sit in the car, see what it's all about. Um, but yeah, of course, sponsors, it varies dependent on what a brand would want. So if it's just a case of a sticker on the car, we can do that. If it's a case of social media work, we can do that. Um, but yeah, all, all different packages are available, ranging from 5,000 to tens of thousands. Because remember, you had a, a short digital about some sneaker boxes. Yeah. So that's confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so um, Shoestack, yeah. we've had them come on board and, you know, I've got a promo code with them, Ruben10, you get 10% off on Shoestack. Okay. And, you know, I'm able to help them out because shoes are also a, a, a passion of mine, which not many people know about because, you know, it's, it's away from the track. Yeah. So, um, literally any, any area of work doesn't really matter. You know, I'm open to... All different, all different areas yeah, of business. When it comes to to sponsor all this yoke, of course, you don't, uh, you don't need to go. Yeah. Oh, I just want something no. related to this. We have to yeah. To build a as, as long as it's ethical and aligns with my morals, okay. then of course, and I, I believe in the brands, and yeah, of course, I, I love to have actually anyone on, and also bringing in companies which aren't necessarily known for motorsport, like Toxic Waste. Whenever I'm the first driver that they've ever backed. And I was able to, you know, show them about motorsport, and now they're in NASCAR as well, sponsoring a car in NASCAR. Okay. So, and the toxic uh, waste, where is the main market from there? So mainly in America. Okay. So they're an American-based company. So it's literally companies all around the world. Doesn't have to be based in the UK. Yeah. Um, the majority of mine are because I've been racing in the UK. Um, but yeah, literally any anywhere around the world, I'm working with companies, and you know, we we come to agreements and see what works for me, what works for them. And you know, we're able to meet in the middle and you know, facilitate everyone's needs. Yeah, perfect. Is Toxic Waste going to help you to jump to the endurance in America? I certainly hope so. I'd love to race in America. Um, yeah, tracks are different. different. No? Tracks are different. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to endurance uh, racing. Yeah. The tracks. Yeah. The panel there is is crazy. No? I'd love to the see. Sebring is. Oh, bumpy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's something that unique. Uh, I have quite a couple of people that speak. Yeah. And they say that almost every year is a difference because uh, they never change the, the truck. Uh, yeah. The layout. still the same. The, the problems are getting worse. <laughs> the, the, the holes stay yeah. there or they just cover the hole. They yeah. put the first time up. So that's, I think. That would be a challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. I have to get to the sicker. That I don't know what's happening. I don't, you know about the people complaining about the track noise. Oh, and noise and emission stuff. And... No, so Laguna Seca has started in some uh, people that start building houses around. Yes. And now they make a commission where they complain about wow. the noise. No, I didn't know that. Track with 50 years old. So you said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like now we go to Heathrow, we will build a house and they say, oh, the airplanes are wow. too noisy. I, no, I did not know that. Okay. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, we're going to say that they told me that for me, I yeah. think it's the pinnacle of, uh, of Indoor's race uh, yeah. in America. Yeah. Long Beach, that is a beautiful track. It's so many tracks that you will stay here all day. 
Yeah. And you have any favorite from uh, America? From America, probably Daytona. Daytona? Um, yeah, the, the road course as well, because obviously that's where yeah. Indy races. I do like Road Atlanta as well. That's something I really enjoy on the sim. Okay. Um, you know, you've got elevation changes, you've got camber, and I actually learned a lot on that track about compression zones and how to use camber of uh, the corners. Mm -hmm. Also, the curbs, yeah. really nice curves, you can properly hit them. Um, and it's yet not like many other tracks. But I do like a lot of American tracks as it goes. Yeah. So I'll be. They're really, fast tracks. They are fast tracks, yeah. yeah. Really nice to race out there. Nice. Yeah. Um, let me ask him. Talk to you waste on NASCAR. Yeah. What do they do? It's a full car? Full car, full suit, everything. Toxic waste branded. So that would be, yeah, amazing to have for this year. Because, um, you know, yeah, to, to race in the colors would be nice. Yeah. If I bring it to the color, this is. It's kind of, kind of cool. Because yeah. <laughs> we grew up with NASCAR with, uh, I remember it was uh, M&M's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The yellow one with them and a lot of yeah. oil, oil wounds and the, the yeah. teeth, the, the, the detergent for washing, the washing powder. Yeah. So I think toxic waste will be definitely really quite iconic, I think. Yeah. You know, you, have, you haven't seen it in motorsport before. It's literally been there the first year in motorsport. So that would be great to have a, a full branded car suit. A lot. And what you do more working for them in terms of the sponsor, you like photo shoots, uh, how it works? Yeah, literally photo shoots, videos, sign photo, sign photos, okay. a lot. I also do public speaking. Okay. So I'm part of Ignition Human Performance. I'm a sign speaker for them. Okay. So I've done events at Autosport. I've done talks at Goodwood as well with them. So whether it be going out to America to talk or oh, any country. That's brilliant. Exactly. I can yeah, talk for whatever. And you now one question: If you talk about who would you, you like to do one when I I clip one voodoo with the hill climb? That's yeah. on my that's on my bucket list. Okay, definitely that's um one thing that I'd love to do in hopefully within the next ten years. Yeah. But with any particular car, if you have to go to historic cars, historic cars, oh, one of standard cars. Yeah, maybe an MP44 or something. That would, okay. be, that would be amazing. But yeah, actually, any car I'd love to take. If it was me, I would say the Mazda, Endurance Mazda. Oh, yeah. I think the. The rotary thing. Yeah. yeah. The type of noise. That something would, unique. Yeah. I think would be, would be something that I would love to do. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'll say that's the best sounding race car out there. Yeah. That and the, you know, the V10s. V10s, yeah. yeah. I think Formula One should go back to. Because he's a pineapple of, mo of motorsport, and uh, with that pineapple diesel that uh, Battle was using already, even in some uh, some races that they made more economic, more friendly, I think will be will be that because it's what bring people is the sound exactly. The, the, I think even the smell. Yeah. Uh, okay, if we are restricting in the other parts of the world, that some of the restrictions could be there. Yeah. Could just even just for a weekend. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For my part, you guys know, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify, scroll up and leave a five-star review. Let us know what you think about the podcast. And remember, subscribe to the channel. You are helping games with cancer. And give a hand here to Ruben, okay? So, let me now drop you five words. Um, just think what comes to your mind when you're, when you're listening to Formula 1. Lose on. <laughs> <laughs> that will be my second word. <laughs> second word, Louis Hamilton. Um, oh. Legacy. Legacy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll say because 
is, is a pioneer in the sport. It's the first of what he's doing. And what he's done is great. But I think now he's at a point in his career where he's, you know, not so much just focusing on himself, but also turning it around and trying to help other people and people come through the sport and changing the sport. So the impact that he has, um, I think is, yeah, a massive part of who he is and the legacy that he's behind. I think he's, he should take one year out just to clear his head from everything that happened mm -hmm. in the, the last couple of years yeah. at Alonso and have to come back. Yeah. I think he just needed, I think he's been so many years on the on the spot that they need probably to take a little bit here to to relax, probably go back to yeah. to to the beginnings and jump again because yeah. the quality is there. So I think the car would help as well. Hopefully, yeah. he has a good car <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's the main the main thing for him because you know obviously he's been in the sport a lot long enough and there's no question that he can drive. Yeah, he's one of the greatest. Okay. Yeah. I think it's difficult to for we put a greatest because everyone is different era. Different, uh, so I, 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 exactly, yeah. I, I cannot say oh this guy was is the greatest of ever because it's different. Uh, yeah. um, other word, I will say. Netcode. Netcode. No, I is great, but um, you know it, it does get a bit frustrating here and there when you think you're going for a move and yeah. the move's not there. Yeah. Um, but no, I racing is. Is, is a great, great sim. Probably my favorite in terms of online racing. Okay. I use a set so more for when I was training in the Prado because, you know, you could actually have the Prado on the set so. But in terms of competitive racing, I racing is by far the best for me. Yeah. Right. Sim racing? Opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. Because, um, it is a new opportunity for a much wider range of people because, you know, racing was very limited. It's a very elite sport. Yep. There's a certain demographic that it applied to. If you didn't have the money, you're not racing. Yep. So sim racing allows that opportunity for people to, you know, explore their passions, even if they don't have the money to do it. If you've got a few hundred pounds, you can get some second hands wheels, PC, console, whatever. It's an opportunity for far, far, far people to get into the sport. Okay, that's perfect. And uh, the last one, I'll say Max Verstappen. Ah. <laughs> that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Yeah. Um, to say a word is hard. Um, I respect what he does, and there's no doubt that he's a great driver. Um, but at the start, one word that comes to mind was reckless, yeah. because obviously when he, how he came into the, the sport, he, was like, he didn't care if he hit someone off. Yeah. Um, and as a racing driver, you, you don't like to see that. You like to see respect between people. But that is what made people respect him as a driver. You know, you couldn't just close the door on him because he, he would take you off. And obviously coming into the sport so young, there's going to be a level of immaturity in that. But now he's grown, he's a, he is a great driver, but obviously I'm going to back. I agree to his yeah. uh, awareness from the beginning. It wasn't there. <laughs> it was not there. It was not there. It was not, it was not. He's definitely developed as a driver and I've, I've got respect for him as a driver. Yeah, but... the same thing. I, I respect me. I don't know if you, when you're listening to the interview with Antonio, so it's a question, so that at three o'clock in the morning, 
he told me that three o'clock in the morning he called the team mm -hmm. well I need to make a full stint with this type of tires because you're going to race somewhere and I don't think that is correct and you wake up everyone to go make a full stint <laughs> of one hour to, that, that's commitment you know mm -hmm. and sometimes it's what makes the difference in any type of sports yeah. so I come from a country that Cristiano uh, Ronaldo football player that he was good but his commitment to what he need to do and he's working was what made the difference so yes. it, and he's that that sometimes we need to remember it. I, I see him as a good because of that but like you say the awareness and the, yeah is uh, I think he's very hot hot head yeah he's yeah. a guy he's watching to do and they don't care yeah establish sim racing skills so all is your sim racing skills comparing to the real life I'd like to say good <laughs> I'd say good um in terms of esports level, yeah, by no means am I like top one hundred in the world of esports or whatever. I don't really race for esports. I don't okay. do cash pool races. I don't do league races. I might look into it, but I've only had my sim for just over a year now. Okay, because um, I came from racing on Gran Turismo, and you know, then I was doing the Olympic stuff. I was top yeah. top four hundred in that. Um, but yeah, in terms of sim racing, I've not been in it long enough to say. You know, I'm at the top, top, top end of sim racing because all of my skills, you know, I'm, I'm taking off of things that I've learned in karting, things I've learned in certain cars and transferring that into sim racing rather than purely starting from sim racing and then going into cars. Um, my main use of the sim is to use it as a tool. Okay. So my pedals that I run, I run OBP pedals, mm -hmm. great pedals, hydraulic. But for sim racing, it may not be, you know, the best in terms of lap time because in the Prague, you have to press with 100 kilos of force to stop the car. Really? To reach, yeah. To reach 100% brake pressure, that's what you've got to brake with. Okay. So I've set my sim up to replicate that. So my pedals are really, really stiff. I have to wear my race boots that are racing the car okay. to sim. I can't just do it in socks, which isn't, you know, just, it's not the best for lap time on the sim. But when I'm trying to replicate what I'm doing in the car, and to improve myself in the car, that's how I have to set my sim up. Okay. Um, in terms of full speed work, I run it quite high, which isn't always, again, the quickest on the sim, but I need to know that I can do a half hour race without miles falling off. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'll definitely say that I'm, I'm quick on the sim, but I use it more to be quicker in real life rather than, you know, esports. But uh, have you already, because you're talking about sim racing, mm -hmm. have you already thought of using sim racing more as a tool to get in seat? I'm talking about, for example, Racing Prodigy, you know, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. with the radicals or Skip Barber. Yeah. So they have, the, I think, four and four, Skip Barber, and where you get the fastest, you have the opportunity to go to, to race yeah. the school of Skip Barber. And I think the one thing that you need to pay is after is your uh, uh, travels. Of your stays, yeah. The rest is covered by by then. Still a lot because yeah. it was America. Yeah. So <laughs> probably you're gonna be around the twenty five or 30 k. Yeah. But everyone that. that. Yeah. You know, they do eye racing every every season, and it's something that definitely that's something that I'm I'm looking into doing. Um, because you know last year, I was purely on it just to learn how to drive the product. So I wasn't necessarily looking at other other cars to drive other uh, championships or anything like that. But for this season, when you know I've got opportunities and nothing's set in stone, then definitely, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into you know, doing some 
online championships where hopefully that can land a seat in a car itself because you know I've got the equipment I can I can drive yeah so it's just a case of um you know doing it and hoping it goes well okay so yeah definitely something that I'm going to look into this year or potentially next year as well yeah any favorite car truck combo oh that's a tough one. on the sim or in real life let's go see man after real life sim I'd say on a set of also the M3 DTM car okay probably around the new shopper I was doing a bit of that yesterday as it goes and it's not the fastest car but in terms of how the car handles it's just so fun it's force, force feedback on the course is completely different yeah. I think it's what take the game yeah the part of the yes and graphics wise as well because yeah. obviously if you've got the PC to run it it looks amazing um but yeah the amount of mechanical grip that you've got in those DTM cars and the sound and everything is it's just different to the things that you normally race because a lot of sim racing is just GT3 and you get bored of that after yeah. <laughs> so just to switch it up. unfortunately yeah. it's just GT3 yeah so to switch it up is um yeah really really nice and refreshing okay yeah I'll say in real life it's got to be the proper around Silverstone because okay. that's you know, it's it's a fast track, and you've got a car which is so heavily aero based, you can really, really push it to the limit. Um, yeah, so that's my favorite. Okay. So, where do you see iRacing as a training tool, and which part do you think iRacing is not so well developed compared to real life? Um, it's hard to say. I'll say iRacing does a great job of what it should do because there's only so far that I think sims should replicate real life okay. obviously in terms of things like damage isn't there's disadvantages to real world motorsport and I think the beauty of sim racing is that you don't have those disadvantages so say if you're, you're getting engine failures every other race that's not going to be a lot of fun in the sim yeah so although it might make it more realistic I don't think that's something that you know, iRacing or any sim should really be going in that direction. I think we're in a sweet spot at the moment of where you take the benefits of using it as a, a tool and an, as fun as well. Um, but there is also obviously a, a damage model to it that you can't just you know, hit people off. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't think there's a whole lot that sims can really do to develop in terms of making it more realistic. Um, I think the, the oh, iRacing, apart from Netcode, yeah, apart from Netcode. <laughs> um, actually, I would say about iRacing, about the physics, in terms of drifting, it's not exactly accurate because once you get into a slide, it's very hard to correct on iRacing. In terms of Assetto, I find that a lot better for car control. Okay. Um, but obviously, when you're pointing in the direction that you should be pointing, it's, it's absolutely fine on iRacing. But yeah, in terms of car control, I find Seto has a better physics modeling. Um, you can get a car into a slide and be able to hold it and use a slip angle to, you know, get the most out of the car. High racing is a lot more keep the car straight and keep it stable. Um, and that's something you just have to adapt from sim to sim. Every, every sim has its own quirks and, you know, like ACC is very different. You have to really use the ABS and traction control to get the most out of it. I race them not so much. Um, but I don't drive GT cars as it is, so it's hard for me to say 
you know. Yeah, that's the thing. One, one thing about single is everyone, everyone has an opinion. Exactly. But uh, 99% never been on a real exactly. So, <laughs> so I can't, I can't yeah, take it. Like, yeah. When we go on discussions, I always say, wait, I never run a girl yeah. cup. So <laughs> I, I'm not know anywhere that yeah. I'm going to say to you this one is the correct way or that is the correct way. So it's a little bit tricky. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of, um, I'll say, R Factor 2, let me ask him, have you tried it? I recently installed it about a month or two ago. Okay. But only for the latest. Sorry? A pain in the ass. We installed it to get everything. It was, yeah, a bit. I only did it for the cart sim, so I haven't okay. actually raced any actual cars on it. Um, but I did the cart sim and I thought carts are very hard to simulate <laughs> on, a, on a computer because you feel so much of it through your bar. You just can't replicate that. Um, so I thought it would be really off, but I was actually surprised how accurate it is. Okay. And it was, you know, I've driven cars on, uh, go karts on, project cars, and it's, it's not with that. <laughs> Gran Turismo, same issue, it's like you're turning and you're turning and it just opens. Because it's a different completely physics. Exactly. But I feel they actually got it really, really nice on cars in Modern Warfare 2. Um, but yeah, in terms of online, Compatibility is not as good, um, but yeah, I, I definitely need to use it a bit more to say more about it. But from what I've used of it so far, it's, it's, it's a really nice tool, especially for, I suppose, younger kids trying to okay. get into karting. Obviously, it costs to be at the track each weekend. If you can just download our factor and put a karting on it for what, 20, 30 quid, then yeah. it's, it's a great way to, you know, learn car control, learn, learn tracks as well, because it's hard to learn tracks if you're not actually there. Obviously, back when I was casting, you just look at a YouTube video and you know see where people are breaking and try and judge it off of that. But if you can do it on the sim, you know the week before you're casting, it's going to give you a massive, massive advantage. So yeah, I think it's great for for that. Yeah, talking about that, is for example, you see uh, drivers that uh, are already with the age, the same age as me, like uh, around thirty years old. Yeah. They don't like so much the sim compared to the old drivers. Mm -hmm. What is your point of view? Why they don't like so much the sim? I think anything new is going to take time to get used to. Okay. Um, to me, it's second nature because since I was five years old, you know, I've been used okay. to driving on sims. Perfect. Um, I know that like, my dad can drive in real life, but when he goes onto the sim, he finds there's a, a disconnect between what he knows and what you do on the sim. So I feel it is easier to go from sim to car than car to sim. Because uh, you're you're taking away your senses. Yeah, that's the same. I think because we we use some senses that mm -hmm. you cannot translate to the exactly. to the virtual part. Yeah. And I think probably and after my idea is that I, I'm afraid that you guys are professional drivers you're gonna get used to something that after you cannot use on the real life. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm I'm not professional. So my idea is. Yeah. different but i want to know where you guys sit on that i think i think if you're going from a sim into a car there's there's no issue but okay. i think yeah going from say say if you're a racing driver you've been racing for 20 years in a car to go onto the sim from that is probably going to be a lot harder i know ben collins the the stick yeah i raced against him last year in the progress and great driver absolutely great i mean he's, he's done it all but he said himself that he finds it difficult to, you know, use the sim because he did a video with Jimmy Bourbon and Jimmy was teaching him bits on the sim, whereas in the car, uh, Ben was teaching Jim. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely harder going from car to sim than sim to car. So for the generation coming up with sims, I don't think it will be so much of an issue.
and the, the, the yeah. I think there should there should do something like this, but there should be an obligation mm. for creating a more easy way for yeah. the talents to come and not remain yeah. to come. I'd love to see that because yeah. there's so so much talent out there that just goes wasted because yeah. you know people physically can't do it, yeah. and there's no support along the way. No one's going to help you up. It's everything you have to get off your own back and once you go into the sport you know that is the case and it's the case of yeah if you don't have it you're not racing yeah. so yeah that's the, the harsh reality of it but that's the reality of it unfortunate yeah <laughs> okay guys for for me is uh, is everything if yeah. you want to add something more to everyone that's listening yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all good but just thank you very much for having me yeah. thank you so much thank you.